Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench and Cork's Red FM with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7pm. A huge week for a certain sport. It is, of course, the AFL, the Australian Football League. 14 Irish stars are in the Australian League and it kicked off this week. Joining us on the Big Red Bench is journalist with the 42.ie, Emma Duffy, who will be having a player profile for all 14 women in Australia. Also joining us from Australia will be Orlo Dwyer. She's a Tipperary Jewel star and she's a Brisbane Lions player. We have the head of the Irish national team and president of the AFLW Ireland, Michael Curran, on the growth of the sport and training those stars before they head out to Australia. So we have all that and more. It's a big, big week for the AFL. All that between now and seven on the Big Red Bench and Corks Red FM. Good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's going to be a busy show. Lots of AFL action. I'm currently on TG Carrows outside watching it. It's extremely exciting to try and learn the rules and see what's happening. So it's great to see our Irish stars involved right now. Um, let's get through some of the sports news of this evening first. So the Premier League results, Newcastle shocked Everton 2-0 in the early game. Crystal Palace beat Wolves 1-0. Man City got the better of Sheffield 1-0. And there was a draw for West Brom and Fulham 2-all. And since 5.30, Arsenal and Man United are underway and there's currently no score. And at 8, it is Southampton and Aston Villa. In rugby, it is halftime. In Munster, they're in action with Benetton. It's Benetton 11, Munster 12. And also later on, Tyg Furlong makes his long wait return uh, from injury for Leinster later on against Scarlets at 7.35. Shane Lowry um, in golf. Shane Lowry, Podrick Harton are in the sh- or 10th place after three rounds at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. The Irish Jew will go into the final day tomorrow at 7 under par after rounds of 67 and 69 respectively. Right. Also, it looks good for the Olympics. The Federation um, President, Ireland President Sarah Keane remains confident that the summer's Tokyo Olympics will go ahead as planned which is amazing news it's brilliant now I did mention it's a big week for the AFL and we're going to be joined now by Emma Duffy from the 42.e Elma welcome to the Big Red Bench Thanks very much Valerie great to be here in 2021 I know, an exciting week, I think, this week as the AFLW uh, kicked off and look, we have so much Irish talent abroad and it's amazing to see Emma yeah, it's fantastic, Valerie. I think we've we've 14 Irish women involved, seven counties represented across eight clubs. So loads to keep an eye on. And obviously with the news of TG Cahar bringing some coverage, so they're going to have a full game uh, on a Saturday evening every week and then a highlights programme on a Monday evening. It'll be fantastic to obviously keep a closer eye on the girls because I know kind of the past few years we've been following clips and little bits and pieces from Twitter, but a lot of people haven't actually sat down and watched a full game. So to be able to do that is fantastic. Um, so they're obviously going to be hitting up games with kind of big Irish presence, which is fantastic. And the league's already kicked off. We had Calvin's Ashling Sheridan um, hit the headlines in Collingwood's first game, scored two goals. So I think there's going to be much, much more to come now over the next few weeks. And we're obviously really looking forward to it. I know, and it's great to see that they're, you know, being included in match day panels and they're getting starting positions as well. I, I asked Orla Dwyer this earlier. I said, you know, how do you think they feel with you coming over, taking their places? But she said they don't seem to mind too much. No, and I think that's something, I suppose, that we've seen loads of the last few years, just how transferable uh, the skills from, from Gaelic football are over to, to AFL. And, you know, we've seen it in the men's game, obviously, and, 
when the AFLW kind of started up properly in, in 2017, um, People look to Ireland, I suppose, to see if we could replicate what has happened in the men's game. And and that has happened. And, you know, girls have gone over. And I was speaking to Cross Coders co-founder Jason Hill for a piece of my own this weekend. And, you know, he was saying that these Irish girls, like they're so, so talented. They're not just going over to make up the numbers. They're actually some of the best players in the league, which is fantastic. Like you mentioned Orla there. She had a brilliant debut season last year and I'm sure she's going to push on this year. Ashley McCarthy is another like she's one of the best midfielders in in the AFLW. And we obviously saw that through her transfer to to West Coast Eagles um, where she's joined Neve and Grace Kelly. So she made such a big impression at Western Bulldogs. That, you know, she made history then by becoming the first non-Australian to to switch clubs, which is huge. So, like, these girls do have serious, serious talent and they're really showing it in Australia. And, you know, I think the Australian players will only be delighted to see them coming if they can add that extra one or two percent, like, because that's all they want to do. They're highly competitive people and they just want to win. Yeah, you mentioned TG Carr earlier on and we're all so excited that they are showing coverage of the games between the highlights package and you know, the deferred coverage. But do you think maybe because the sport now is getting more coverage and more notice that more Irish people will go, hmm, I want a taste of this? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because obviously... There's a few different things happening in the league. I think they're talking about expanding the league, which would mean, you know, it's a longer season then and it would potentially mean that Irish girls can't exactly enjoy the best of both worlds anymore. So they can't, you know, yeah. go and play their AFLW um, through the early months of the year and then come back for championship. You know, it probably is going to come to a crossroads where they are going to have to choose one or the other, um, like has happened in the men's game, obviously. But um, at the minute, it obviously works and, you know, there doesn't seem to be any glaring issues. You know, I'm not too sure. I suppose things could be a little bit different on the ground. You know, county teammates might be a bit frustrated with girls, uh, you know, heading off and enjoying the sun and whatnot um, while they're pre-season slogging and stuff. But like they put in serious work in Australia too. So you can't really complain, I guess. And, you know, if they're going to come back into a setup and boost it, it is obviously fantastic. But yeah, definitely, as you say, this TG, cover, TG Carter coverage is going to be massive. It's going to be huge for young girls watching on just to see that there is, I suppose, a professional league or semi-professional league out there that they can pursue if they play Gaelic football here, if they play Camogie here, if they play rugby here, or even get involved with an AFL club here. I know Mike Cran from AFL Women's Ireland is doing fantastic work um, with up-and-coming talent. So, you know... <laughs> It, the, the interest is getting higher and higher for the sport here. So, so yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It's, it's hard to kind of see how it's going to pan out over the next few years. But the way it is at the minute is obviously fantastic for the 14 Irish women who are lucky enough to be involved with the AFLW this season. I mean, they're obviously drawn to the semi-professional life, you know, they're so, they're always set up athletes going out there. They've done the hard work, you know, they, they kind of are ready-made athletes is the one word that I keep using to describe the girls heading out there. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's obviously so appealing because I'm sure, you know, every athlete or every footballer wants to play their sport full time. Like that is the dream. They want to go out and they want to focus on it and, you know, not have to be worried about college or work or this that and the other so like just to get a, a, an amazing opportunity like this you know from speaking to so many of them like you can just see why they won't turn it down like it's something that they don't want to let pass them by and, and completely fair um, and you know as you say they are ready-made athletes 
And from speaking to them, like, you know, they would say that you'd nearly be training harder here. You just train smarter and early in Australia. And um, so they are, they are obviously, you know, S&C, gym, all that kind of stuff has gotten so big in, in ladies football over the past few years that they are, you know, in prime physical condition heading out to Australia. And they're obviously just working on on different things. Obviously, the skills of the game and, and all the stuff with the ball and just, you know, tactics and, and different patterns in play and stuff like that. That obviously does require an awful lot of work. But, you know, they're going out um, not completely behind them by any means or manner. And, you know, a lot of the girls would get involved with, as I mentioned, AFL Ireland and, you know, different teams around the country before heading off. I know Mike's done an awful lot of work with, with some of the players before they've headed to Australia. I suppose Breach Dock and Lauren McGee, just two that spring to mind, the two rookies going out this year. Um, weird to be kind of calling Breach Dock a rookie. He's just a legend <laughs> of, of ladies football here. And uh, just just on that fantastic to see that she's uh, just going to make a full recovery and she seems to be in flying form. So hopefully we'll catch a glimpse of her at, once, at some stage of the season. But um, yeah, like, you know, they, they they obviously want to go out and they want to succeed um, and they'll do anything that it takes to do just that. Yeah, we are going to talk through maybe the player profiles in just a minute. We have 14 from seven counties represented. But I mean, we also seen the news in the last few days that they're attracting Irish brands like Gym Plus Coffee are supporting them. I know that they're going to be sponsors of the TG Cahar coverage, which is also used if a brand ambassador, Nashton McCarthy. So it's nice to see these girls getting brands behind them as well as just the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, they've spent so long playing Gaelic football here um, and, and camogie and whatnot else here, you know, as their pastime, as their hobby, obviously getting getting nothing in return for, for the amount they put into it. So, like, it's obviously fantastic that they can go to Australia, they can get a bit of money um, for doing what they love. They can be supported by brands. You obviously mentioned Ashley McCarthy being supported by Gym Plus Coffee. Uh, fantastic to see them on board with TG Cars. Uh, sponsorship of TG Cars coverage, the same. You know, I know Sarah Rose, I think, a bit of a Puma sponsorship, which is obviously massive. And just fantastic to see these girls who have put in so, so much through the years, I suppose, just getting a little bit in return um, for what they've put in. And, you know, it's it's completely deserved. And it obviously just raises the profile even more. Visibility is so, so important in women's sport. I suppose a 20 by 20 logo, can't see, can't be, tells you all you need to know. And um, to have these girls front and centre and, you know, under the spotlight is so important. And we're going to see that now in TG Carter's coverage. And that should inspire an awful lot of people to, to, you know, go and pursue their dreams, I guess, like these girls have done. Exactly. Well, you had an amazing piece in the 42 this week. And I mean, it's everything you need to know about our Irish talent abroad in the AFL. So, I mean, there's no excuses for anyone now. And especially tonight, if they're listening to the Big Red Bench, we're going to talk about all 14 girls and we're going to give them the platform they deserve. So we're going to go through the talent that is abroad, right, for us to keep an eye on over the next 12 weeks. As live sport is going to be a lifesaver in these difficult times, we are welcoming this with open arms. So there is 14 girls from seven counties represented across eight clubs, um, which could feature in 2021 for the AFL. So we're going to go through them and we're going to start with our very own here in Cork. I know Breed Stack, all right, she's with the Great Western Giants and she is from Cork. Look, it's probably been a tough few weeks for Breed. Um, we probably didn't expect, no one expected what happened to poor old Breed and it's lovely to see her recovering well, but it's just, it's just such a pity that things ended like this for her. 
Oh, absolutely. So, so unfortunate, um, you know, to be in the last pre-season game, just about to, to go out and make her AFLW debut two weeks later. And by all accounts, she seemed to be impressing and, you know, I suppose hit the ground running in pre-season, uh, which we'd all expect back here, obviously, for someone like Breedstock to do. Um, but just to be stopped in her tracks like that and like the way it happened and just how worrying it was. Like I remember because just waking up that morning and I suppose going on Twitter and seeing all the messages and or the tweets and the messages and I didn't know what had happened. Like, you know, you just, you assume the worst, I suppose, when you see something like that. And it was a really worrying few hours. And, you know, I can't imagine how horrific it was for those close to her and, you know, for her, for her husband and her son who were actually at the game and um, family back home watching on teammates, friends, you know, because everyone here was, was very much so in the dark and it, it was very like, you know, it came across so serious the way yeah. it was reported and fair play to, to to the Giants. Of course, they took every precaution needed and she was hospitalised. And then in the next few days, I suppose, word filtered out that she would, or lucky enough, a few hours later, word filtered out from Cork that she would make a full recovery. And I think everyone kind of breathed a sigh of relief there and then um, just to know that she was going to be OK and, you know, it didn't even, like sport just completely went out the window. It didn't matter what happened AFL-wise. Once her health was okay, that was the main thing. And, and thankfully, that is the case. Obviously, a nasty injury and it's it's going to take her a little bit to get back from it. But um, <laughs> look, there's word kind of going around that she, she might miss the whole season. I've heard other things that she could be back. Um, so please, God, we might see a glimpse of, of Freed Stack run out on the Oval in the next few weeks, um, I suppose, in the latter stages of the competition. It would be fantastic just to see her to see her go. But the main thing, as I said, is that she's 100% OK and she, she's going to be OK. And she seems to be in flying form, which is, you know, typical Breed. Um, so <laughs> just, I suppose, just the tweet and the Instagram that she put up that she was devastated but she was counting her blessings that just kind of says it all that you know don't take anything for granted and she's just going to obviously appreciate every minute she has now in Australia whether it be playing or just watching on yeah, emotional scenes, I think, if she does make the run out in Australia. But someone who she's become very close to over the last few weeks is her teammate in Great Western Giants is from Mayo, Cora Stanton. It's her fourth season there at 39 years of age. There is no stopping Cora. No, absolutely not. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I think I put that in the piece, kind of, that she's one of the only Irish female athletes that we refer to on a first-name basis. And, you know, once <laughs> you say Cora, everyone knows who you're talking about. And it's just, it's unbelievable to think that she's 39 and she's at the absolute peak for powers. Like, I I think this is nearly, like, last season, I think, in the AFLW was her best. Um, and, you know, she was absolutely flying it. She's such a key player for the Giants and she's going to play a huge role again this year. Um, but it's obviously fantastic just to see two ladies football greats of the game who have spent so many years on the pitch. Rivals. Um, you know, as rivals, exactly. And and going toe-to-toe and they're here side-by-side, best friends over at the Giants. Um, two massive personalities too. But I think that Cora will, will play a huge part again this year for the Giants obviously the question is you know 
whether how long can she keep going at this level for um, you know will will father time catch up with her I suppose but I honestly don't think so like you know she just absolutely loves sport loves winning and you know as she says in, in pretty much every interview she does she's going to keep going until I suppose she can't go anymore she's going to she, go as long as her body and her woman. mind allows her yeah, yeah she's she unbelievable well that's Cora and we're looking forward to seeing her in action she's in action tomorrow of course Sunday but next Next up is Sarah O from Collingwood. She's also a Mayo lady. This is her third season. This is Sarah's third season indeed. Um, I suppose she's really impressed and she's been out there. She won Player of the Year awards in her first season. I think she won one last year as well. Uh, Collingwood really struggled, I suppose, in her first season. But last year they improved an awful lot. Um, and she was central to the ter- their turn in fortunes. Um, Sarah was unfortunately injured and she missed the first round match against Carlton where, as I said, Ashton Jordan kind of stole the headlines. Um, not sure what the story is. It's a shoulder injury. Um, so I'm not too sure when she'll be back. I think Collingwood said she should be available next week, but who's to know? Things could change. So hopefully we will see her in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, once she gets on the field, another big season for Sarah, I'd imagine. Yeah, and next up is Ashling Sheridan, also in Collingwood, a cabin lady, which you'd be delighted to see doing so well. We did see her in action and you mentioned, I mean, an absolute amazing start for Ashling. Unbelievable start. I was delighted for her. I would have played an awful lot of it football with Ashling through the years so you know it's great to see her obviously uh, excelling out there and you know left me here <laughs> but uh, she's uh, yeah she's a, a phenomenal athlete I suppose just an all-rounder um, her physicality and you know just her conditioning um, she's she's just top-notch she's really brought her game to another level over the last few years both in Ireland and in Australia of course and you know, she worked so, so hard to get that contract and it just, I suppose it just proves that hard work really does pay off and I was just delighted to see her hit the ground running this year to kick the first goal of the AFL season and, you know, to add another later on. So I think she's going to have a big, big season and she's a name we'll be hearing plenty of over the next few weeks. Brilliant. Another Mayo lady out in Melbourne. It's her second year. It's Aileen Gilroy. Aileen, Jesus, she's she's talked to the game like a duck to water. Let's say that much. <laughs> she's unbelievable, like to watch. I think I think it was her first game last year. Um, she just pulled this absolute cracking tackle out of the bag, and like it was like she was playing the game her whole life, and this was her first competitive AFLW game. Um, and I suppose a lot of people who would have watched her play football for me over the last few years would say that she be really well suited to to the Australian game and she's just backed that up another really really physical player teak tough defender um, really really important to North Melbourne and I suppose North Melbourne are probably being thrown around as, as favourites this year um, and she'll play a huge part if they're to go and get the business done Brilliant. Well, we're looking at the sisters next. as Grace Kelly and Neve Kelly, both with West Coast Eagles. And I know they have a third sister thrown in there. They've kind of adopted <laughs> Ashley McCarthy. But we'll talk about the two sisters first and then we'll talk about the blowing sister in a minute. Let's talk yeah, about the two, the two blood sisters, let's say. Let's talk about <laughs> the blood sisters, Grace Kelly and Neve Kelly. Yeah, so um, I suppose this is their second season with West Coast Eagles. Um, last year was not only their debut season in the AFLW, it was also West Coast's first season and I suppose they did a great job in, in getting the club up and running and you know they played vital parts in their first ever AFLW win um, I think both of them kicked goals that day but uh, yeah they've, they've, they've been brilliant for West Coast since they've gone over obviously it takes a bit of time to learn the game as I said and stuff like that but um, they've kind of 
you know, they're they're hoping to take, I'd say, another another step this year. Um Grace obviously got injured at the end of last season. Uh, I think she had her medial ligament in her knee. Um, but she's she's bounced back and I know I don't know if you're watching now, uh, I suppose a little bit of her in the championship. She was fantastic uh for Mayo. So back to her brilliant best and I'm sure she'll she'll carry that form in with um with the Eagles now this weekend. And then Grace likewise, I suppose the, the table's kind of turned um when 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 Grace got back with Mayo, Neve was on the sidelines and I think she had a bit of a hamstring setback, but by all accounts she's flying it again and had a good preseason so far from all I hear. And I suppose she played a lot on the wing last season. Um she's down to start half forward this weekend, but I think West Coast want to use her around the middle. Uh, I suppose she's just very agile and athletic and things like that. So so she should be a big boost in there alongside the third sister that is Ashley McCarthy. <laughs> Ashling, yeah, joining him, another monster lady. Ashling is from Tipperary. This is her third season. And this is Ashling, who is brand ambassador now for Gym Plus Coffee also. Yes, Ashling, fantastic. Uh, kind of mentioned a little bit about her already. Uh, that historic transfer kind of just shows how how valued she has been since she's gone to Australia. Uh, had huge, huge impact with Western Bulldogs, you know, She's been touted as, as one of the best midfielders in the league and she's realistically only played 12 games of AFLW like competitively, uh, which is just insane to think, um, you know, the progress that she's made over the last few years. But it's kind of no surprise to anyone. We obviously know how good of a Gaelic footballer she is. We know, she, know how good she is at the El Camogie when she throws a hand at it. Um, but I think she'll, I suppose, play a bit big, big part for, for West Coast this year if they are to improve and to, to bring things on. Um, I think they only won one of their six games last season, so they'll be hoping to obviously improve on that record this year. Um, but Ashling has been brought in, I suppose. They they selected her, I guess. They, they handpicked her um, as someone to kind of put the shoulder behind the wheel and, and lead their midfield division. And no doubt about it, she's going to do that, I'd say. Look, it's absolutely amazing that these girls are out there. I'm still so, I mean, have I'm so proud that they're out there. Um, and talking about them just makes me even prouder. But these three girls that we're going to talk about next, there are three dubs, um, all Ireland medals oozing out of them now at this stage, and they're with Melbourne. Um, Sinead Goldrick, Neve McAvoy and Lauren McGee. Yeah, so Sinead and Neve McAvoy were obviously out last season their second season they kind of they had to head home a little bit early from Melbourne so they're coming back saying they have unfinished business to fulfil which I, I don't doubt for one minute um, so Goldie kind of needs no introduction to those who are big fans of ladies football and I'm sure Cork people will be well accustomed to hearing the name from through the years um, but yeah likewise she's she's really taken to the to the Australian game um, her physicality uh, and even just her speed and I suppose chasing down uh, forwards and stuff like that just like she does on home soil has has been brilliant for, for Melbourne then Neve McAvoy she's um, not in line to feature this weekend I don't think she's an emergency um, but I'm sure you know once she gets back in settled uh, we'll be seeing plenty of her over the next few weeks obviously her height is huge her kick passing is is key for Melbourne too and you know once she hit she got going last year she, she really hit the ground running I think it's going to be the same with Lauren McGee this year 
um, her first season, I think, from from people watching her the past few years at home, she's someone that you'd point at and go, Jesus, she'd, she'd do well over in Australia. So to see her now get the opportunity to go and, and do it would be would be brilliant. Um, obviously, the three girls are only out of mandatory hotel quarantine a few days at this stage. So uh, they're a little bit behind on, on the preseason um, and probably, ju- you know, just getting a few things in place before actually going out and making a proper impact. But I think once Lauren McGee gets up and running, um, I'm sure she will She will be someone that will probably take the league by storm. You know, her physicality, athleticism, it's all these things, you know, that we've been mentioning loads and loads that's so important in midfields. And I think, you know, she's, she's going to make a breakthrough into that Melbourne one. Look, it's great. And we have another lady, Orla Dwyer, which we will hear from in just a little bit on the big red bench. I mean, with the Brisbane line, she's also another Tipperary lady. But her debut last year, I mean, was unforgettable. Oh, first touch of the ball, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. Uh, Yeah, Orla, obviously a dual star here, but then a triple threat when you threw in the AFLW. Um, You mentioned her debut there. It was it was unbelievable, and and she kind of just went strength from strength to strength from there. Um, I suppose the fact that she went over early in preseason, uh, she got a full preseason under her belt. You know, she she obviously left before Tipperary's inter county commitments with the football and the Camogie finished up. Statement of intent from Orla that you know, you know, really made her own this year and from from any than ever. Which you know, I don't know if if, if she could get any faster or fitter. To be honest, but uh, from what I hear, uh, she she's in line for a big one. So I think they're playing Richmond now and um, tomorrow. And uh, Richmond will probably be considered one of the bottom sides in the league. So I'd say we could see a few goals from Orla. Please God to to get going on a on a high note. Great, we're going from one monster girl to another. We're heading towards Clare this time. Adelaide Crows, we've Ailish Considine. Ailish, of course, uh, Premiership winner with Adelaide in her first year in, in 2019, which is huge. Another history maker, we mentioned Ashley McCarthy, obviously, but uh, Ailish is the only Irish woman to have a, a Premiership under her belt, which is no mean feat. Scored a goal in that grand final, which is huge. Uh, last season, she, you know, probably had a... A little bit of a harder season. She was changed around a little bit positional-wise. Um, you know, the Crows probably considered her a more experienced player than she actually was, but there was a little, obviously a little bit more to get done on her development, like with all the girls. But, uh, you know, from what I've heard and from what I've seen from her pre-season, it seems that she's going to hit the ground running this year, definitely. And, you know, Adelaide... They have a few big names back in in Aaron Phillips and Chelsea Randall, so they'll be hoping to, you know, get back into contention and get back up towards the top of the table. Um, And, you know, I think Ailish, if she gets her confidence up early and she's on the interchange bench tonight and um, if she, I suppose, gets a good good game under her belt today, uh, gets involved, I think we're going to see a a big season from her because she probably is considered one of uh, of the best Irish players skills-wise. I know she played a bit. Uh, Mike Cran is from near her at home and he had her playing uh, playing the oval ball a little bit before some of the girls started, so her skills would be at a high level. Um, So yeah, I think a big season from Ailish, definitely. And she'll be uh, important for Adelaide if they're to push on. Brilliant. We're also going to be talking to Mike McCran um, a little later on. He is with the AFLW here in Ireland and we can't wait to hear what he has to say also. But last but not least, we have a leecher moment. Now she has been a bit unlucky, but it's Anya Tig. Oh, Anya. Honestly, it's breaking my heart like that she 
is unlikely to feature again this season. Um, obviously, last year she she did her cruciate in in the last preseason game, I think it was, and she was ruled out. And she stayed in Australia. She did her all her rehab. You know, I think she she kind of stayed there when even when most of the girls came home uh, when the pandemic hit and things like that. But you know, Anya stayed in in uh, in Australia getting all the work under her belt, doing everything she could to come back stronger for Fremantle this year. And she was flying it in pre-season. Um, from what I've heard again, you know, she she was, I suppose, in line to really lead their Rook division this year. Her height, obviously a huge asset. And then just really skillful footballer with the skills that would translate to AFLW. And unfortunately, she, uh, she uh, suffered another knee injury in one of the last preseason trainings again, which is just heartbreaking. Um, so it's it's unlikely that she'll feature, but I suppose if Fremantle go well and and they, they reach the latter stages of the competition, we might get a bit of a glimpse of Anya. So please God, because I can't imagine what she's going through. Um, obviously, having to undergo surgery again and just the whole mental mental side of things. Um, but she will, like I think she's she's really back to make an impact when she does get going. So, so please God, we will see that this year. If not, the opportunity, I'm, I, I, as far as I'm aware, should be there again for her next year if she wants it. Well, fingers crossed. Now, we have gone through our 14 Irish talent that is abroad in Australia heading off to play the AFL. They're from seven different counties, represented across eight different clubs that possibly could feature over the next couple of weeks on TG Cahar. I mean, there's no excuse now, Emma. We know the talent. We need to support our girls. So if anyone's is listening out there, you know, give them all watch. I think they deserve... It's not an easy thing to do to pack up your life and move to Australia in the middle of a pandemic either and, you know, and not be with your family and friends and... You know, some of them are debuts, some of them are heading out there um, for maybe one or two years, but still, like, for them to do this, and it's such a big decision in their lives. Yeah, it's it's massive, obviously. Um, you know, you, you kind of said it really, really well there and summed it all up. Um, but yeah, of course, I'm sure everyone back home will be getting behind them. I've seen loads of things on Twitter over the past few days, which is great to see. Um, I think... People don't really have any excuse. There's not a whole pile of live sports on at the and um, I suppose particularly those interested in, in Gaelic games and um, they're at a bit of a loose end so no harm in, in flicking on TG Carhe there on a Saturday evening or a Monday evening even just to, to watch the highlights and to kind of just I suppose really see what these girls are doing in Australia and, and you know how they are some of the best players in the league you know as I said and as Jason Hill said they're not just there to make up the numbers uh, they're there to really make an impact and, and that's what they're going to do this season so really looking forward to keeping an eye and I'm sure everyone is uh, everyone else is with any any interest whatsoever so uh, it, should, it should be a good one and look please God we'll have another Premiership winner come the end um, to, to, to join Ailish or who even knows it might be her again um, but yeah just, just really looking forward to seeing seeing obviously the 14 girls and and seeing what they can bring over the next few weeks. Brilliant. Emma, have you ever been to Australia? I haven't, Valerie. Will we head off sometime? I feel like we should get onto the big red bench and the 42 to send us out and cover a few games. What do you think? (laughs) I absolutely think that would be fantastic. And there'd be plenty of work done, Valerie. Like we'll, We'll make sure to get that straight. Oh, definitely. I think if we were in definitely company together, we'd get so much work done, Emma. Thank you so much for joining us on the big red bench this week. Emma Duffy is a journalist with 42. Check out her pieces online. Emma, thanks as always. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork 
Red FM. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7pm. And now we have Brisbane's Lions Fair, Tipperary Jewel star, Ola O'Dwyer joins us from Australia. Orla, welcome to the bench. And you're making us all very, very jealous of the lifestyle you have at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, look, thanks for having me, first of all. But um, yeah, it's great here in Brisbane. Um, just the whole lifestyle and crazy. I know I don't want to talk about COVID, but how how um, COVID free we are here. It's just a real breath of fresh air. So try not to rub it in too much. What is the lifestyle like there at the moment? I mean, do you know what to do with yourself? Do you have to wear a mask? Can you, can you go around hugging each other? Like, what's the situation there? Um, yeah, so currently in Brisbane, um, a few weeks ago, we had one case. So there was no cases up along while I was here, but we had one case um, from a cleaner in a hotel quarantine so we went in a three-day lockdown because of that case. So it wasn't too bad. And then we had to wear a mask then for, I think, 10 days after that. And that was about two week, a week or two ago. So now it's just no masks again. So it's just kind of, I think there's a bit of social distancing, but basically COVID-free and everyone's, yeah, allowed to hug each other, um, get in big groups. So we're, for a while, we were training in groups of 10 and, Maybe some training's not doing contact, but now we're all back together again. So it's great. You must be getting used to life out there now. I mean, you're out there probably a few months. I think you went out mid-November at this stage, Orla, but you went out mid-November in the middle of our championship with Camogie and football, and that probably wasn't an easy decision. Yeah, it was definitely bittersweet, um, the decision to come over earlier because uh, I know the rest of the Irish girls came over December um, but I was just conscious of missing pre-season and I knew last year how hard it is to play catch-up in pre-season coming from not playing AFL at all. And most of the girls on the team had been playing club level here, let's say, while I was back home in Ireland. So I knew I'd be behind with the football skills as well. So I was kind of, I deferred, had my year in UL deferred and um, I think I was just ready to go at that stage. But yeah, it was definitely so hard telling the girls and even up along I had a few flights cancelled and there was kind of hit and miss at times and I think it wasn't until um, a few days before where I just put a message into the group and rang the managers but um, yeah it was so hard to leave especially the stages we were in as well but I was definitely grateful to get a couple of games in before I left um, even missing the league last year as well was was something very hard as well so I was really looking forward to coming back and playing. Had you ever that fear of, imagine you probably took the chance and came out here and those two teams at home went further and maybe won in All-Ireland? I mean, what would have been the situation then? You would have been like, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, I was definitely like I, watching the Camogie um, quarterfinals as well and semi-final and then the football got knocked out in their round against Monaghan. It was it was so hard yeah, but to watch as well at times. But um, yeah, no, I was delighted for the girls. They played so well and I would be great if, they did get further and they were just unlucky on the days. But um, no, I'd definitely be proud of them if they did go further. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be kind of kicking myself here, but I knew that it'd be, it'd be great for Tip. Brilliant. What is the plan for this year then? I know you're currently there at the moment. We'll get chatting about the AFL in just a bit, but do you plan to come home and maybe yeah. take part in the league and the championship here with uh, Ladies Football and Camogie? Um, yeah, definitely. So um, I think being away from the GEA back home, you do miss it even more um, um, from being out here. So the season here is actually not a long season, so it is quite short. It starts it started two days ago and it finishes, I think, middle of April. So I'm hoping then to 
get back around May time and get back into championship with tip, um, camogie and football. And yeah, just try and um, go well with that and see how far um, we can go. Brilliant. That's great. And we, we'd more welcome you home with open arms, Orla. I'm sure your family and friends would as well. But uh, Orla, you, they would. But when it comes to probably heading out to the AFL, it seems to be getting more and more popular as the years go on. And for us here at home, it might be a worrying trend that we're losing some GA players or for, you know, for Australia, they're gaining some amazing athletes that are already built professional athletes and why do you think the draw is there like I mean is it the sun is it the beautiful lifestyle why isn't like why am I asking this question it's a stupid question <laughs> um no yeah definitely I think um what attracted me to the sport was um getting to experience I think every athlete's dream is to experience a professional lifestyle so having that access um to basically physio strength and condition being involved with um, a professional setup and just really experiencing that you learn so much um even even outside of afl you learn so much about um nutrition and the, the behind um story of that too but um yeah it's great to see so much irish girls out here and i think a lot of the girls do see that they can have the potential to come out especially with the way the season goes so they only overlap with the leagues back home um, compared to the men's season here, which goes on for much longer um, period of time, so yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard, I suppose, back home when they see people leave. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely a great opportunity, and I recommend anyone if they do get the chance to <laughs> grab it with both hands. What is the professional life like? I mean, what's what's in your daily routine now, or as a professional sports star? Um, so over here, it's semi-professional. So most of the girls kind of work part-time or are students as well. So it's kind of basically training. Um, we've about three field sessions a week, um, two to three gym sessions a week. And then between that time, then you get your own recovery in. So you can go to recovery centers and do it after training. And then I suppose a lot of it is just um, learning the game as well, especially for me. I found that very hard last year. Um, the... I accepted the fact that it was a different shape ball, the oval shape, but the whole mindset about it as well, that background um, that every other player um, on the team had that I had to get used to and been able to read the game. I found coming from being an established player back home within your county for playing for 15, 16 years into a complete new sport in a new team, in a new country where you don't really know the rules and you're the one kind of breaking down the drills at times and, you know, people are kind of, oh no, not this again, but um, yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. And I think everyone, like for me, especially last year, I was just wanted to get the ball in every game, but you still have to like go with the game plans and the tactics are a lot more um, harder to get around and they have rotations and it's, there's just so much else with, um, other than just the AFL ball and learning the skills. So yeah, I'm definitely learning that still. <laughs> Good. And I presume you have some downtime as well. You're able to go see the beautiful scenes and uh, sights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of seeing you at beautiful beaches, Orla. Now you need to tone that down as well but on your Instagram. <laughs> Orla, though, you know, when you say that they're probably you're probably attracted to them how do you think the girls take for more how do you think the girls in Australia are taking the fact that these Irish girls are now coming over trying to take these spots uh yeah I I presume that when I came over last year that that's the way it would be but they're so welcoming and I think they kind of really appreciate you coming over and the sacrifice you make 
leaving your home and coming over and trying something completely different. And I was overwhelmed with the support I got last year. And even coming back this year, I thought some of them might forget about me, but no, everyone was still um, <laughs> remembering who I was. But um, yeah, no, it's it, there is great here. And even the background staff um, as well are just so on board. And even they follow like back home when I was playing, they'd message me saying, oh, well done on a game. And even the manager here is great, Craig Starcevich. Um, he really follows, I think he follows like Tiffery Komogi and Ladies Football all on Twitter and stuff as well. I like, actually he think he follows me for some do. strange reason as well. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. But that's great but yeah. that they do, that he does give you that support and the players do. They're interested in what you do at home as well, which is an amazing thing because, as you said, they could just be like, oh, look, let her off home now for the few months. We'll see her again in January. <laughs> oh? Yeah, I know. It definitely makes them a lot easier showing that they have a natural interest in it as well. Um, and it kind of makes it... It kind of builds more kind of friendships and bonds then as well. So they 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 like learning about the sport as much as I like learning about their lifestyles here. So it's it's great. Brilliant. And I know you have a game this weekend and it's the round one and we're so lucky to be able to see it on TG Car. I mean, Orlap, <laughs> your family and friends must be delighted oh, yeah. that they get a chance to see you in action. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So we're playing round one against um, Richmond down in Melbourne on Sunday. So because of COVID and stuff, we're actually doing a fly in, fly out game. So we're leaving Sunday morning, going down, playing the game and then flying back out. So that's something different. Um, last year and other years, you'd always fly in the day before a game. So this is something new to that the AFLW are doing. So I'll definitely um, be interested to see how that works. But um, yeah, Richmond, we were meant to play them last year in the round seven, but it got obviously cancelled because of COVID. So I think there's a lot of people really excited for the game. And round one, everyone's just um, kind of really looking forward to seeing how they start off the season. So hopefully um, we win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he's right. And I did mention to you before we started to talk that Jim Plus Coffee is after sponsoring the coverage on uh, TG Carr. So hopefully you'll all be kitted out in beautiful hoodies in Australia <laughs> promoting their brand. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I just seen that as well. And even TG Carr coming on board is huge. Um, I remember even just a couple of years ago when I seen the likes of Course Daunton and Sarah Rowe and Ashman Carty come out before me um, playing the game it was hard to follow because there wasn't anything to watch it on. You just kind of saw some Twitter highlights, but to see GA, um, TG Carr get on top of this now, it's really great. And do you meet many of the Irish girls often? Are you near each other? I know Australia is a huge place, but do you see any of them? <laughs> I actually thought that it'd be easy just to fly to go to Melbourne or Sydney or Perth, but it's actually a way bigger than I expected. <laughs> but um, I yeah, you do you just kind of see them at games. So after games, we go up to each other and congratulate each other and see how we're going and checking in. And during COVID as well, um, when they were in hotel quarantine, um, just checked in on a few of them, see how they were getting through the two weeks. But um, yeah, no, I think um, behind it all, I think all the Irish girls are kind of rooting for each other and we all want to do well and see each other do well as well. So I think um, there's a good bond between us. Is there fans allowed at the stadium this weekend for the game, Orla? Um, yeah, so our game is actually on in Richmond. Um, so I think there's tickets. And for the first year this mm-hmm. year, they're having paid tickets. So before all AFLW games were free, but now there is a cost and charge. So that's great for the FLW. And I think there is um, tickets going out, but they've, they sold out so quickly though as well. So it'd be interesting to see. 
Look, that's amazing that people feel the need and want to go see your games, Orla. But I'm going to be checking in on with you over the next couple of weeks on the show. And it's so great to have you join us. And thank you so much for taking the time. I can see it's it's dark. It's nighttime in Australia where it's morning here in Ireland. But um, the very best look to you in the game. And we'll be watching closely on TJ Carr over the next couple of weeks. Great. Thanks, Valerie. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That was Orla Ordoir, Tipperary Jewel Star out with Brisbane Lions. It's lovely to chat. I recorded that piece yesterday. It was extremely dark and very early here yesterday morning when we decided to do the Zoom call. But it's great and in fairness, like in the girls giving their time before matches the weekend, it's absolutely amazing. Now we're going to turn our attention to here at home with the AFLW here at home. And Michael Curran is the president of the AFLW. If you are interested, this interview could be for you. Michael, you must be very excited this week. Really exciting. Look, we started AFL Ireland Women's in 2017 uh, as the governing body of women's Aussie rules and with, with a view to promote and grow the sport. And that was around the time that AFLW had started in Australia as well. And we, we've built year on year from there. I think initially, uh, when we set it up in 2017, there was probably something like 15 active players in the country. And that went to 150, 250, 350. We're over 400 now after maybe three years or so. And of course, that's brilliant. And we're going to continue to grow the game here domestically in Ireland. And there's loads of opportunities for girls of any age and any ability to come out and try it. It's not all about the professional girls. But of course, the Irish players that have gone over to Australia to play um, professionally in AFL women have been a big contributing factor in generating the interest. And it's fantastic to see the support from here at home in Ireland for the girls. They're all amazing athletes and they're all doing us proud. How did you get involved day one in this? Oh God, that's, that's a very long story. I, <laughs> very, very briefly, I've been heavily involved in, in Aussie rules in Ireland for literally over 20 years at this stage. Um, my own story um, actually very topically started when I just started watching Aussie rules on TV. Uh, that was There was a highlight show shown in the late 90s by TG Carr or whatever they were called originally um, on a, I think it was a Saturday night, late, like something like 11 or 12 o'clock, um, they broadcast the highlight show and I just started watching that and I really just had an instant love for the game and that coincided with um, moving from West Clare at home where I would have played maybe Gaelic football up to about a minor level to going to study architecture in college in Dublin and just by chance on, on one day I saw I noticed some tree and uh, somewhere like Gumtree, uh, there was a couple of Aussie guys that wanted someone to just go and have a kick of an Aussie rules football. And I thought, look, this is for me. Sounds a bit mad, but I go and have a look. And we went down to the Phoenix Park in Dublin. I think there was three of us there the first day. There was 10 the following week. And within three or four weeks, there was 40 lads out kicking to the point that we were being chased out of the Phoenix Park by Rangers. So <laughs> it kind of took off from there. So I played away initially myself for... Um, in Dublin for 10 years, I founded the AFL Ireland men's competition, or Airfly as it was known then. Uh, played for myself for a while for Dublin Demons Club and was very lucky, uh, fortunate and honoured to represent Ireland for eight or nine years as well, including um, taking part in some World Cup competitions in Australia. And after that, I suppose, I just uh, that love for the game kept me involved and I got involved in coaching and really just turned the focus fully to the, to the women's game uh, in 2017. Uh, because there wasn't really an, uh, an avenue for girls to play here or a vehicle to grow the game. And that's where AFL Ireland Women's was born out of. So, as I say, it's probably nearly a lifetime of obsession at this stage. And I'm absolutely thrilled to see it come full circle from 
the likes of me getting involved 20 years ago watching the men's highlights show on TG Carr to now hopefully a whole new raft of uh, female athletes and young girls being exposed to the game and seeing their role models and developing a love for it and hopefully um, supporting the girls of course but hopefully coming out and having a kick with us at some stage and seeing what it's all about and getting involved. Well, amazing, and it's extremely exciting time for you because it's all these years of hard work built up to something finally happening for you. You know, people are realising it's a sport. People are realising they want to play it and the exposure is there, as you said. But you mentioned the girls and you mentioned all your years of experience and some of these ladies, before they head off to Australia, you know, they do a bit of training with you, Michael. And can you tell us a bit about what you do with them? Maybe the likes of Breed. I know you've had Cora, Stanton and the rest of them. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, look at um, I'm fortunate enough now to work with the majority of the actual AFL clubs in Australia directly. So I would have been involved in one way or another in the recruitment of a lot of the players down through the years and uh, had been involved in all of the various recruitment camps that have taken place both in Australia and um, here in Ireland uh, right up to the um, AFL Europe Combine in UCD last year um, from which Lauren McGee, uh, the Dublin player, got recruited. So um, basically... I would do skill sessions with the players um, working with the clubs and, and the coaches in Australia um, normally anyway but this year I suppose it was even more prevalent given that the girls were nearly all delayed in terms of their journeys out to Australia due to COVID restrictions and difficulties with getting visa exemptions and would have they would have all missed a bit of pre-season so I suppose we bridged that gap here a bit in Ireland and I would have worked directly with the clubs and um Probably for the last couple of months, we were doing sessions on Wednesday nights in Cork, Thursdays in Dublin, Fridays in Limerick, and would have worked with probably 10 or 12 of the girls, as you mentioned there. Um, I worked quite a bit with Breed, actually, um, from August up to December. I spent a lot of time with her and and kind of saw her develop from holding a football for the first time to to being ready to go to Australia as as a very capable player and very adaptive to the skills. Uh, did a lot of work with Ailish Constein and Adelaide Coase across two months as well because Ailish was stuck at home in West Clare for a bit longer than she would have liked. She was trying to get back out to Oz. And then, of course, as you mentioned, uh, training with Cora, what an honour to be on a field telling her what to do. <laughs> it felt a bit mad and a bit surreal, but a, a true professional. Um, Aileen Gilroy from Melbourne Kangaroos uh, came up from Wexford for skill sessions. Orlo Dwyer from Tipperary. Anya Tai down from Leitrim, who unfortunately got injured again. And we did some sessions with um, the combined um, West Coast Eagles girls was working directly with the club there. So we had Neve and Grace Kelly and Ash Mack. So yeah, uh, I'm sure I've missed one or two there, but delighted to work with the majority of the girls across a, a three or four month period before they all headed down under. No, it sounds amazing and fair play to you for taking your time as well to, you know, give them the sessions and the skills before they have out. Michael, what's the attraction? I know, like, come here, at this stage, it's sun, it's a beautiful country, it's semi-professional life of an athlete. I mean, is this a stupid question, I think, asking what's the attraction at this stage? Yeah, it's like saying what attracts you to this beautiful year-round place. <laughs> and I know we're all very jealous looking at the Instagram stories from the players and stuff and all that. And that's obviously a, a, a great part to be able to experience that lifestyle and see in other parts of the world and um, have your six months in Australia or whatever. But like the primary attraction without question and probably every one of the girls that I would have talked to would say the same thing, that it comes down to actually being able to live as a professional athlete for a period of six months and not have to worry about anything else. You know, you're just a full-time athlete. The girls are full-time athletes here at home in every way, effectively anyway, except by name. You know, we all know the work they put in. We all know the level they train to with the LGFA here at home. 
So to be able to have that title of a professional or semi-professional as it is in Australia, go to football training, they can recover, they don't have to work, they're not allowed to work generally anyway, but they don't have to work, and they have a bit of downtime to experience the culture and all that Australia has to offer. And just that support services that's around them, you know, the, the clubs, they're all amazing in terms of the facilities they have, um, the staff, medical, physio, um, well-being, player managers, everything is covered, you know. So uh, that is definitely the single biggest attraction. And I think all the girls would vouch for that just to actually say they've experienced what it's like to play as a professional athlete. I know, I think we'd, we'd all load at this stage. Um, Michael, our stars were in action this weekend and still are, you know. Um, this weekend, TG Car are showcasing the games for the next 12 weeks. I mean, family, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends get to see them in action and it's just great to see. Oh, it's fantastic. Look, at we're, we're kind of co-promoting the, the broadcasts, uh, obviously, with TG Car for the next 12 weeks as well, but it's fantastic. Uh, again, you know, I'd have been advocating for a good few years with all the national broadcasters that why can't we get someone to show this and as usual it's TG Car that have stepped up and I know from working with the team at Sport TG Car there this, this just didn't happen over the period of a week or a couple of weeks like this is two years in the making and they put a lot of time and effort into it and I'm so glad that they have you know because as I say it's generated that new level of interest you know like I've been banging on about AFL women's myself for the last three or four years and I know Emma you know, on there earlier, the team has been a great supporter on the 42.ie and that, and a few others in the media, the likes of yourselves and so. But in general, um, we've been fighting, not a losing battle, but, you know, we've been kind of lone voices. Now, so to have a national broadcaster on board, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. And to be able to, like, we're, we, we're all set up here at home with the couch and the, and the TV ready for the whole family to sit down and watch the, the four girls in action, Ailish, Grace, Neve and Ashling. Uh, to see a full game on TV, uh, it's, it's great and just reward for the girls. And I know it's great for all the families and friends because otherwise they're getting up at crazy hours to try and watch games on, on apps and, and streaming and that. And uh, while it's fantastic that you can do that, uh, nothing beats just sitting back, watching it on the telly, a full game every Saturday and then a highlights program every Monday night which shows the highlights of all seven matches. So we're going to, we're going to see all the action from TG Car and it's absolutely fantastic um, to see that and we're very much looking forward to seeing all the Irish girls Before we let you go Michael if anyone listening is interested in you know maybe joining even not professionally not heading out to Australia but joining something here in Ireland whereabouts and what can they do? Yeah that's no problem Riley. Look, for sure even uh, any of the girls that are interested in finding out a bit more about AFLW and uh, the opportunities to play professionally can get in contact with us through all our social media outlets um, AFL Ireland Women's on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. But any players, any girls that, that are just curious or that, or that like what they see and think, look, I'd like to go out and have a go at that. Um, we even have a lot of inquiries coming through now from younger players from in the 14 to 18 bracket, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, students in universities, girls that just want to go out and have a kick with their local club, with clubs all over the country. Um, so whatever level you're at, if you just want to get back into sport, if you, if you let it go a few years ago, if you've never played a team sport, like on our teams and in our events and in our um, games, we've got such a mix of players. We have the AFLW players playing with us when they come back. We've girls that have represented Ireland. And of course, that opportunity is there as well to play on the Irish national team at both senior level and university level. We've girls that just play club football competitively. We've interprovincial rugby girls. We've girls that have come back to sport that might have played since they were 11 or 12. With camogie girls, soccer girls, such a mix of people. And as I say, 
all the girls just want to come out, get a little bit fitter, have a bit of fun, meet some new um, friends. Now, we haven't been able to do that bit for a few months, but when we do get back in action over the next few months. So, yeah, no matter who you are, no matter what your level of interest is, if you just reach out to us on AFL Ireland Women's on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, we'll get back to you and uh, keep you in the loop with all you need to know. Michael, I'll be on to you. I'd love to be sent out to Oz to play it myself. So. <laughs> That's it, Valerie. We'll get the boots on you. We'll get the boots on later. <laughs> Michael, thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the games, all right? Absolutely. I look forward to talking to you more about it as the season progresses. Michael Curran, president of the AFLW here in Ireland. I mean, it's amazing. I hope you're watching it. I've been watching it um, throughout the afternoon on TG Car, and it's so great to see our Irish stars doing so well. Um, I will be back next Saturday from 6pm and Rory will be back tomorrow night. If you did miss out on the show, it was an AFLW special, the Australian Football Leagues. If you missed out on the player profiles, I will be podcasting the show up on the Big Red Bench on Twitter in just a few moments. But that's it from me. I'm back next week and Stevie G is on the way next. Slon. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.